y'all already know what it is, man. In Living Spanglish Podcast. We in we in the building. We in effect. Come to you live and direct from Fort Worth, Texas. It's your boy, the real brown boy. Not 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 Nav, you know. No respect to Nav, you know. Some of his music is kind of not as good. I'm about to say straight up trash, but I'm trying to be better and not call people straight up trash anymore because I feel like everybody is talented and valid in their own way. But yeah, it's the real brown boy. They call Mexicano, our baby, aka Baby R, aka Mexican Natsu, aka Sob three hundred eight. For my boys, they used to hang with, hang out with me on uh, on Xbox Live, and I'm still Sob three hundred eight on YouTube as well. I've been having that name since two thousand six on YouTube. That handle? Yes. This is your handle? On YouTube, Sob three hundred eight. It's okay. You don't want to know like my handle for like most shit when I was a middle schooler. Is it the I- harmonica one? Well, no, actually, that was my second one. That oh, by the way, hi, howdy, hello. My name is uh, Vero Fuerte. Uh, we are in Living Spanglish uh, over there it, doing the intro to switch it up this time around. Is uh, my homie Mexican Natsu Ricardo Mexicano? They know the name. They know the face. Yeah, they already they Come they on. already know Roski. Very very uh, last episode of the year. I know. Just to preface everything. I know, I know. I'm like super excited and like, but I feel already a little sad, even though we're not even even anywhere near the end yet. But yeah, yeah. Um, no. What I was gonna say is that I think that my handle in middle school for everything was Karma's Hurricane, okay. which actually I also turned into like my email for everything. And um, um, I, I mean, I really don't even know if I should be saying this on a podcast, but like, whatever. I don't care. You can look me up. But um. Whenever I would have to like uh, spell out my email for you know like um, just like random shit, they they would say okay, so your name is uh, Karma Shurikane at mm-hmm. yahoo.com. It's like yes, yes it is. <laughs> you know because when you're like thirteen and emo and you know well, you, yeah. you you think every emotion that passes through you is like this deep dark abyss of right. like you know. I'm like, about to say I'm like like that name sounds like the. Uh... The spinoff to a very edgy uh, science fiction series. I'm saying, I'm saying, and you know what? To uh, top it off even better is that I had upset, had an obsession with the letter K, man. Like I, I deemed it at that point in time that the letter K, for whatever reason, was my favorite letter of the alphabet. So I would spell to so edgy 13 year old Veronica would spell her name with a K and would spell hurricane with a K and oh my gosh the pain looking back at all of it none of of this surprises me none of this surprises me just to hear that the melodrama that the fact that you had a a favorite letter that wasn't your first letter of your name Uh that that you went that route you were like you know what I gotta be different you know what K that's it why K though like did you like the way it sounded you like the way it looked yeah, I just thought that it was a very unappreciated letter. I don't know. Like, Veronica. You always think something's unappreciated. 13 year old Veronica was obnoxious as hell. Like, even more so than like 27 year old Veronica. But You, you know, always think something's unappreciated. It's true. Daffy how is Ducks, K, how is K unappreciated? Because it's nobody f- ever because nobody ever thinks about like the letter K. Like, it's people first, think about X. People think about A E I O U. It's the first letter of, of King, of Kim, of mm-hmm. Kanye. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Of Kendrick. No, and also, okay, think about, and also, like, so many of my favorite things started with the letter K. Again, Kanye. Again, like Kathleen Kelly from You Got Mail. Uh, Catherine Hepburn. Um, uh, K- K- Katie, the character that Kid Barbara Craddock. Streisand. Exactly, Kid Craddock. So many things of my. So in the how world is it underappreciated? I'm just saying, it's the things that I love aren't appreciated enough. Don't you have a favorite letter of the alphabet? Yeah, R. And I think R is pretty underappreciated. 
I think R literally is probably one of the most appreciated letters of the alphabet. No, it's not. You cannot, you can almost spell, you cannot form a sentence without using the letter R. Um, tool. Sentence. Sentence? Yes. Take this tool. Okay. And that's all tea. Any, I know- promise you, I promise you, human beings, I promise you, Mihenta, we had a scheduled podcast uh, of some sort on here. We completely forgot what we it was. St- we still do. But you know, just be- before we move from the topic. On some uh, level. <laughs> yeah, we still do. But before we move from this topic, I was going to say, so my original email, and I wouldn't really consider this a handle. I consider my, my first true handle, SOB308, uh-huh. um, on Xbox. Um, But my first email ever was Scarface ST Gangsta at mm-hmm. Yahoo.com. And I still have that to this day. Uh ever so often I log in to see what you watch what, you're gonna get all the uh all the fan mail from all the females flooding your old inbox. Well I misspelled gangsta and I put G A N G A N G T A. I forgot the S. So <laughs> So you were Gangta? Yeah, Gangta, yeah. So it's like yeah. Scarface S T like this is when I first saw like Scarface. So that's why I decided to use that. Um, you know, so original, right? Just a little Mexican kid using Scarface in a, in like an email or like a username. It's okay. Mine was Veronica Harmonica for the longest time. For I know that longest one. Longest time. Because yeah. I've seen it that because because I, I think you've. I don't think you use it anymore, but I I remember there was a point where, I think you told me to send something to to that email address. Yeah, yeah. Like or that. a username. I don't know. That used to be my Twitter handle for the longest time, and now it's a Vero Fuerte, baby. So, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, today what we had going on is we wanted to go ahead and uh, basically catch um, everybody up on our week. I know that last week was pretty crazy for me. We wanted to touch on a little bit of holiday depression, right? Yahoo! Woo! Uh, like, if you were to name three things that you know of, about me, like, straight off the bat, you gotta go, what would they be? Food, mm-hmm. Christmas, desserts. Well, that, that goes into food. Okay. I would say, yeah, food, Christmas, uh, Ga- Gambino, or, yeah, Gambino yeah, yeah, yeah. Con, yeah, music, yeah. yeah. I, I, exactly, and so all of that is fair. So one of like the very, the- when you think about like the themes of your personality, one of the themes of my personality literally is, I feel like it is Christmas, you know, and like it's, it's Christmas is so much about like, I mean, you can take or leave the religious part out of it, you know, whatever floats your personal fancy. But for me, it's so much about, you know, just unadulterated joy and redemption and everything else. And this season, though, has been really interesting for me in the fact that I've, for the first time in my life, when it comes to Christmas, I've found myself having to feel like I'm forcing it i guess is the best way to describe it like i would find myself try to really dig for reasons to find joy in things and i know it sounds really weird because i know that i've heard of like the christmas blues and the holiday depression from people before and even though i've like sympathized with them you know i've never really empathized with them for me, I've just, I've always been able to, you know, like, push past it into, like, Veronica Perez has always been able to put Christmas in, like, this, like, weird bubble of, like, once the day after Thanksgiving hits, it's like, nothing can touch me. Like, bro, like, I am, like, super Saiyan mode when it comes to the holidays. I am invincible. Like, you cannot, like, nothing can really upset me. But I feel like this year has been harder just... 
you know, I mean, of course, we're going to say the cliche things like 2020 and all of that. And yeah, some of that has something to do with it. But I, I mean, I remember at one point I was like, I think we were going to the grocery store or something last week, right? And we were riding around and I just, I have had a pretty bad day because I was in and out of my head. And I just remember just losing it because it, it just, this time of year just gets a really gets to be a really reflective moment for all of us about all the things that not just that we did do and that we didn't do, but also, you know, the things that have changed for like better or for worse or the things that have the or that stayed the same that you're still looking to change into the new year. And like, I, I'm still the kind of person that I'm going to barrel through and I'm going to, you know, find uh, reasons to celebrate and be happy because this is too, t- too important of a time not to. But I don't know. It's just been it's just been really rough. It's been really rough this week. And I've just been trying to, like, make it through straight up. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat shit. Like, it has not been easy. I think one thing I've, I've been wanting to ask you is kind of so when it comes to the, the Christmas uh, season, has it ever been used as like a almost like a crutch for things what that you mean? so you know there's there's certain things there's certain events that people generally use as like therapy you know so mm-hmm. no matter what's going on in their life they will use a certain event or day or a holiday to kind of like as like an emotional fallback as a way to be like nope nothing can nothing can uh break me right now i'm enjoying christmas um this is my time to shine. I cannot let these demons get into my head. Did that ever cross your mind at any point this year or any year prior? It's funny because there's uh, this quote from um, uh, Kelly Raspberry. Uh, she's a, a radio host that I really admire from Kid Craddock in the Morning. And she used to say a thing uh, like she was used to say, like when something really, really crappy happens to you, like in the middle of February or April or something like that. She used to say that all you have to do sometimes is close your eyes and just remind yourself that none of this will matter at Christmas. None of this will matter at Christmas. And whether you take that to be true or not true, it's always something that I personally held on to. And then when Christmas came this year, guess what? Like all this shit that I was still sad about, like that's that's just still fucking mattered. So I've been just like, you know, like wrestling with that but you know we all have our own shed and we're all gonna make it through i mean like that's all there is to it we got no choice you know yeah i mean i wish it was that easy to say but i think in realistic terms not everybody's gonna make it through mm-hmm. uh, you know i think there are definitely a lot of people who really succumb to their whether it be depression or just certain outside interferences in their life that you know leave lead them to a uh a breaking point yeah yeah know? yeah, yeah. And no, you're and, you right know, it's kind of like the point of no return kind of thing yeah. Where you're just completely lost and and you know in disarray, you know. And if you know if you if you do have uh, certain thoughts and certain um, tendencies, tendencies, you know, definitely seek help. Um, you know the uh, I, I hate to make this so extreme, but like you know the, the suicide hotline is always out there, you know, twenty four seven if you ever want to call them. Um, and there's a lot of other resources that you can Google. You know, so with with so much information out there, you know, there are people that are up 24 7 willing to help you you know especially in this uh in this time you know uh it's funny because in the navy we always there, there's constant especially during this month there's constant stuff that gets put that gets emailed to us and training that gets uh given to us regarding like how the suicide rate shoots up during the holiday season mm-hmm. and you know especially in the military it's, it's a very difficult time because 
whether you're stationed here in the United States, but maybe you're not in the close proximity of your family. Maybe they live yeah. like in Washington State, but you're stationed here in Texas. Yeah, man, just tap into those resources when you can. And here's another thing for uh, that. I I mean, you are right. Um, And another thing that I do want to say, you know, not that we want to get up on our high horse or whatever, but it is worth mentioning is that a lot of times when people are going through shit during the holiday season, you know, or just in any time in general, they have a tendency to say in their heads, oh, well, I'm only going through... Uh, a b and c but the person that's actually going through x y and z has it so much worse so mm-hmm. like i should just be able to get over it by myself right you know like uh, like my pain is just it's just because i'm weak i need to like suck it up and get over it and just keep everything to myself and i'm fine i'm fine i'm perfectly yeah. fine and that shouldn't be the case you know you, you shouldn't know? try to minimize your your pain or your because it's or, all relative or your agony yeah yeah it's all relative you know just because somebody may be dealing with you know what you consider more tragic events doesn't diminuate the the pain that you're going through at the end of the day it's um i think one important thing to really think about is just how things get exacerbated during this time you know mm-hmm. like the the constant push of like even in even in covid times like you know you turn on the tv you go on the internet it's still the constant you know be with your friends be with your family at this time you know, and you see that, and it's like this giant array of like marketing and like promotion that's almost like, oh crap, it starts to get to you. Like, if not, if I'm not with my family, what am I really doing? You know what? And it's so interesting that you say that is because I was literally listening to another podcast a couple of weeks ago that said something similar to that. I've always, again, I've always been that person that once the Christmas season hits, I'm in my happy bubble, like nothing can take me out. But uh, in that podcast, they said something about how they feel so much pressure mm-hmm. the minute they see all of those christmas commercials the minute that they are in stores and everything's like red and green and glowy that they feel all this pressure to be happy and they're like if i don't feel happy during this time i feel like something's wrong with me i feel like something's broken Mm -hmm. and nothing is wrong with you Mm -hmm. nobody can make you feel happy no matter how much this uh because you know as much as christmas does mean a lot and it is a special time it is commercial a lot it is commercialized and you know Mm -hmm. That that stuff can definitely affect people. Um, so don't ever feel any pressure to you know put on this to smile. To feel a certain way. To feel yeah. a certain way. Like if you're not feeling, uh, if you're not happy for even, you know, I think ultimately you want to be happy. Nobody wants to be sad during this time. But you know, it's not something to force yourself to do if you're not in that space to do it. You Cue know? the logic song if we had the copyrights uh, no, no. to it, but we really don't. So I sorry don't, about I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to play regardless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. I think we're all we're both coming from a very um projective sense. At least I can speak for myself and I think Veronica in a sense we're kinda of speaking from, from a uh, very like personal place. From a very personal place as well, what what we've kinda of been through and what we've what we what we've expressed um over the last couple of weeks. Um me me not so much the holidays if we'll call it, you know, I just have certain ideas and thoughts that have always uh, permeated my mind for countless years. But mm-hmm. I know for you it's a little bit more holiday based i guess i mean not just holiday based but also like situational based you know uh like we said 2020 has been an interesting year for everyone i mean good and bad and everything else and i just feel like it's time of year now that it's all rounding to a close you know again for better for worse we're really just taking stock of all of the changes in uh, in our lives and how we're going to deal with them moving forward but also we are 
grieving and adjusting and and like accepting the terms in the places that we are now you know and i mean also there's something to say is that like whatever your life is like now it's not going to be this way forever you know like it's not going to be this great forever and it's not going to be this bad forever if you're in a really bad place you know like that's the thing about life is that it it ebbs and it flows baby like you're up one minute then you're down the next like it's not ever going to be a complete steady even lining so like with all of that being said is that if you're in a bad place it's going to get better and if you're in a great place then you're in a perfect place to you know practice you know just really taking stock of what you have around you and really appreciating everything for what it is and uh just no pressure like there's no wrong way to feel bruh there's really not in slightly good news maybe (laughs) well depending how you feel the covid vaccine is out Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. in dallas at least i think it just came out today are you getting it at the methodist are you gonna be first in line probably not no they just they just started doing it today like literally today like at 9 a.m they started and i think it's supposed to be here in fort worth tomorrow Mm-hmm. It's gonna be at one of the I, one of the I hospitals. Just, I just like I think that the people who are gonna be first in line are some brave, brave, not just brave souls, but also like nonsensical souls. Because like when I think about it, I think the same. I'm gonna be looking at the people that are the first in line for the vaccine the same way I used to look at people when I worked at the cell phone store. That you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That would wait in line. For the newest iPhone, it's like, why are you going to wait for the new edition when you know all the bugs have to be, like, worked out eventually? Like, why are you not going to wait for the first couple hundred people to get it first or first couple thousand when all the bugs are, like, kinked out and then go grab it, you know? But, you know, somebody's got to be the guinea pig, but it sure as hell ain't going to be me. Let me tell you that. I mean, I want to try it, but me being in the military, I'm like, you know what? They're going to probably force it, force it on us in, like... The next couple months, so I'm like, you know what? It's, it's only a matter. Know. No, yeah. they don't. They don't do that. No, they can't do that. Oh, <laughs> but okay. they got to tell you what it is at least. But they're gonna force it on us for sure. I would, I would say probably like within the next springtime, maybe March. Yeah. I probably, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get it. Something like that. They're, they're gonna go to every single base, and they're gonna be like, well, it's time. It's time to go get poked mm-hmm. by the uh, COVID vaccine because we got no choice. Um, yeah. and just kind of wrap Thank up. Thank you for your service, Brisky. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing it. And just to kind of wrap up the uh, the first topic we talked about with the seasonal downs, you know, the blues, depression, whatever you want to call it. Um, we we kind of like summarized a lot of it, but that's not to take away from the fact that this is a long process, too. It's not going to go away just because the holidays are over. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're really dealing with something, just don't, you know, think of it in terms of how we're explaining it. You know, you're, you're going to have to deal with it at your own pace. In and, your you know, own way. In your yeah. own way, you know, and heal in your own way at the end of the day. And I mean, to like just bring a little bit of levity to it is that it made me realize a lot of things, Ricardo. And like one of the things that I ended up talking to you about was the fact that just in my life in general and within a lot of different circumstances that I'm going through is that a lot of times we forget that we are the main character of our own story. When I was ranting to you about it is I was I was telling you, it's like I deserve to be the main character of my own story. Like I don't deserve to be. Like, I don't deserve to guilt myself into thinking that I'm the femme fatale or that I am like the subplot to somebody else greater. It's to somebody else greater story. Like, I deserve to have my own narrative. And I didn't know that was like a whole thing, like on TikTok or whatever, until I started looking it up on YouTube. And I'm like, wow, this is a thing already. So you break me off some of that because I know you're probably well, way more well versed on it than I am. Like, this is literally just something that came into my head a couple weeks ago. 
So are you talking about? I don't know about TikTok. I know like YouTube, but what's on TikTok? Like what's happening? I'm not, uh, like no, like on YouTube and TikTok or whatever. They, uh, I literally just looked it up today. They were talking about something in regards to like main character energy. Like break mm. me off some of that. It's pretty much just talking about you know you just living your best life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know you making the best out of your life and not seeing yourself as like some sort of B plot. Exactly. And that's 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 what my issue has been for been for like most of this year is that I've been telling myself or like at least behaving in the fact that I've been like a B plot, like a side character to somebody else's like main character evolution and story and growth of them. as What's a person. the uh, what's the video we saw about the um, the uh, the manic pixie dream girl? Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Remember, remember we saw it where it's pretty much saying, uh, "What's another word for them?" Um, no, that I think that's a term for them. But there's, it's there's like another, the Zoe Deschanel's of the world. The, the quirky girl. Yeah, quirky. The, quirky yeah the quirky girl. girl. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Blah blah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kate Winslet of an internal sunshine of a spotless mind. Yeah. So yeah. like pretty much saying like you only exist to make sure that the life of this man or woman is a lot better in the end. And you're mm-hmm. almost like a uh, you're like a, a you're funnel like, for yeah, that. Yeah, you're like a plot device mm-hmm. more than anything else, more than a real person. Right. And that's what I've been feeling like, like this whole years. I've been trying. I feel like I've been like pushing forward somebody else's plot, you know, instead of like like curating my own. But anyway, all of that to say is that uh, main character energy, mi gente, involves so much more than just, I mean, yeah, like also like taking control of your life, yada, yada, yada. But it also involves like having a bomb ass playlist just in general. Uh, let's see. Let's think about like what what do all main characters do? Like what's like the main thing? Uh, what's the main? Have a super uh, decked out uh, wall in their bedroom like yeah. like vinyl than like the most cliche hipster uh, things you could think they're of usually yeah they usually have uh the best friend that they tell everything to that in the middle of the movie or in the middle of the tv show like they dump for the cool kids or the cool girls and then they realize they've made a big big mistake and they come back to uh the original best friend i'm thinking about uh perks of being a wallflower you know you have that moment where you're like driving through with like the soundtrack of your main character playlist we should make a main character playlist blasting through the road and then you like open up the sunroof uh and then you're kate winslet and titanic basically yeah i have a sunroof you have a sunroof don't you i think so no no i did i did in my other car but not in this one oh, but I, I don't not have not in quasi but i had one in murray i don't know it's just been something that's been on my mind lately and it's something that i think it's uh um for those of us that feel like we've been neglecting ourselves lately uh whether like it's emotionally or physically or what have you like this is the time to you know uh take some of that back you know and realize that you are the main character of your own story as like cliche as it is you know right you but, are the zoe de chanel yeah but also I do, you, could think of somebody do you feel like that. it's almost also like a let's let's think of it like you know in a very uh-huh how it can kind of be dangerous to where you're mm-hmm. almost oh yeah you're almost romanticizing a lot of parts of yourself that just aren't that are kind of toxic that or, are kind of toxic. I hate that term, but you know, I hate. I kind of hate the word toxic. Not so much toxic, but, yeah. but just like there's nothing. I don't think. There, I don't think I'm saying you should be. Um, it should be plausible or not realistic. I think it's okay to have like certain aspirations, of course, and like mm-hmm. certain uh, ideas about how you want to perceive your life. You know, definitely. But I think you know you could definitely kind of like lose your way, in in a way where you really are 
you know, it's kind of like the problem that I and I know a lot of people have with like films where they'll romanticize a certain subject or, or something like that to the point where it's like that can't that doesn't happen kind of thing. You know, you, you know, you get to that. You, I know you probably I know you have probably gotten to that point in the movie where you're like that doesn't happen, you know, kind of thing, no matter how touching. Yeah, like how did how did they get on top of that roof? You yeah, know, no. and how are they looking off in the distance? Like, how is like nobody, ca- like none of the neighbors calling them? Is like, why is that kid on top of that roof? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know? like you know, these moments where you're like, much, as much as you may like it, like shut much, up, Carol. I'm having an epiphany. Okay. As, as much as you might find it sweet, like it's kind of like a uh, uh, John Cusack and um. Say anything? Are say you talking anything. about the boombox? Yes, the boom. Like when you really think about that scene, you're like, yeah. like, 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 do you know how many people will be like, like opening the door, like, hey, shut up. It's no called kind of suspension thing. of disbelief, Ricardo. I know, okay? I know but that's what See, I'm now you're going into rom-com territory. You know, in the world of rom-com, nothing in the world makes sense. Oh, no. Yeah. You're talking to a guy who loves rom-com. Yes, all yes, right? yes. I know what it is to be suspended in disbelief. Yeah. I'm just saying, when you really take a step back and you're like, wait a minute. My biggest concern with main character energy is, again, like we've talked about the fabulous, uh, of all the wonderful things that come with main character energy is like a higher sense of self, um, more um, self, uh, there's a potential for like more self-control and more self-responsibility in your own life thinking like, hey, it's up to me to make it or break it kind of thing when you wake up in the morning. It's like, hey, how I live my life is my decision and you know, I'm going to direct the story however I want. That Those are the upsides of main character energy. The downsides of main character energy is like you said. And also, I think that main character energy can also be a little bit of... Uh, it can also, like you said, romanticize uh, some of people's more toxic traits. You know, it's like if you are, you know, flighty and procrastinating and things like that, but you carry that main character energy around you, you're thinking, oh, that's just who I am, you know, and then you don't give yourself any room for improvement. Right. And that's where. You know, you can't romanticize all of your flaws, even if you are the main character. Like, that's the difference, you know? No, yeah, I get it. Because, you know, I think a lot of times the problem with a lot of main characters is that they almost appear too perfect to an extent. And I yeah. think when we... When perfect in their imperfection, in a, in a sense. No, know? not even their imperfection. There are, there are plenty of, like, main characters who... Are you talking about Kim Possible? I'm not talking again, about Kim Are we talking about Kim Possible again? I'm not talking about Kim Possible at all. Because you know talking... I hate her character growth. Like, I eat none, but whatever. I'm just talking about, you know, there are certain main characters that we know that, you know, are pretty much flawless in a sense, you mm. know? And even though they appear that way, we still like them regardless. But, you know, yeah. you, you, you take a step back and you're like, that's not realistic, man. Who are you thinking of? Like, who, mm. who comes to mind? I'm thinking of, like... I don't know, like... Um... Susie Crabgrass from, and I think that's just because we watched Alina from that's a classified uh, school survival guide. But she wasn't really a main character. I'm thinking yeah, about. I was. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't put her because she wasn't a, a main character. Either. No. Maybe a little bit too perfect. Because right now, girl. like the the trope is like the quirky, messy girl that can't get her shit together. Like that's what's hot in the streets right now. But uh, no, they haven't done like the perfect uh, character since like the early 2000s. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, a lot of people are saying Ray. From uh, the new Star Wars, right. uh, you know the, the Star Wars film film franchise, you know from Episode Seven to to Nine. I'll take your word for a lot it. A lot of people saying Ray, which when I think about it, because I've seen them all, I'm like, yeah, Ray was pretty much like flawless, too powerful, yeah, a little bit too like things just fell a little bit too much in place for her. Like a the lot Superman of, time. of all women, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, that's the reason why people hate Superman, you know, because yeah. he's too perfect. I love Superman, but that's, like, beside the point. I mean, that's what we're saying, man, is that, like, big character energy, just like anything else, can be used for, like, better or for worse. Uh, like, use up that shit to juice yourself up, you know, on days when you need to remind yourself, like, hey, I am the shit. Um, hey, like, this is my story, and I do deserve to have, and I have every intention to have like as much control of it as i can uh, like on but also be aware of the fact that just because you are the main character of your own story does not mean that you are exempt from like recognizing your flaws and evolving and uh you know etc etc and shit you want to hear a hot take that I, yeah. found on, that I found on reddit give it to me about uh tom hanks what so what they are they saying about so my tommy I, so, tom so I, so I typed in you know character that are too perfect and they're like, I and this and this guy Anything. commented, mm. I, fe- I just on Reddit. I feel that about nearly, e- I feel that about nearly every character portrayed by Tom Hanks. Not only do his, does his character seem a little too perfect, always make the right decision, usually get a happy ending, and are well liked by nearly every other character on screen. But aesthetically, as well, he rarely looks disheveled in any way. I love to see him screw someone else over on screen, be excessively violent, vulgar, or profane, or do a role like Tom Cruise in Magnolia. His earlier roles as the endearing love interest and more recently as the American hero are a natural fit for someone like that. But personally, it makes it hard for me to appreciate or relate to him. First of all, you want to see Tom Hanks disheveled? He spent almost like two and a half hours disheveled and fucking cast away. Okay, don't you come at me for my Thomas Hanks. He just said nearly all the characters he didn't say all the characters okay and first of all woody from toy story was hella flawed and they showed that in almost every single movie one two and three he was obviously very selfish he was obviously very self-centered he wanted he wanted all the time to be the uh, the great friend and the perfect toy and yes at the end of the day he did make the quote-unquote right decisions but for the good majority of the time in every toy story one he spent he tried to murder buzz unintentionally or subliminally or whatever you know he wanted that dude out well that's what i'm saying i think that goes back to the point where his character almost gets his way you know yeah but that's what i'm saying is that what i'm saying is that like woody was not perfect in that like he didn't have any flaws or he didn't have any dark thoughts woody was a deep ass well he wasn't a deep character but he was like a layered character that's why the toy story stories why the movies like hit so hard you know is you could see the jealousy in him you could see the the yearning in him toy story uh toy story 4 see that's why i only mentioned one two and three in the first one because we can forget that toy story 4 ever existed let's just all do do us do a favor that. don't do and that. just forget don't be that, that person it's a thing. don't be that person really don't 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 even go there please what did I, you can think under- about I can understand if you don't like it but please don't say that it shouldn't it should be forgotten uh, okay. it wrapped up woody's story like how can you forget that it wrapped up his story perfectly with bo peep and leaving the group I just, like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, the entire characterization of who he was in 1, 2, and 3 completely revolved around wanting, you know, what was best for the child and what was best for the kid. And it just seemed so out of the blue in the last 20 minutes of the movie in, like, Toy Story 4 for him to want to go off with both. And I just felt like... What do you mean the last 20 minutes? No, no, no. Do not say the last 20 minutes. Do you remember that whole movie was always underlining that it was Woody's time to go the whole time? That's the whole point that he was always holding back because one, two, three set it up perfectly where it was always about ending slowly moving away from the toys. And four was Woody finally coming to the term that it's time for him to finally move on from the group. That's why it works out perfectly. In my opinion, is it the best? 
No, but I think as far as the plot and the story goes, I just feel like one, two, and three were absolutely perfect. Like a four was unnecessary. Like we did not need a four. No, we did not. I don't think we need a five. If they make another one, which I think they are, no. Like I'll be so pissed off. I think they're gonna make a five, but like I will literally not go to it. But I would no, defend. I, I probably will go to. I, w- the I would defend. I would defend Toy Story four. Maybe. Maybe I won't defend the merit of if it's as good as the other ones. But I would defend the 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 point to where it was necessary and it, was it wrapped not up the necessary. story. It was not. But you know what? Whatever. Okay, so we're getting off the topic. <laughs> Somebody else, uh, j- just to kind of <sighs> close out the little Tom Tom Hanks uh, si- uh sideline thing I did. He has done so many characters. I don't understand how anyone could think that could well, question hold, his range. Hold on. Let me let me finish. Somebody put on here. Uh, check out Cloud Atlas to see Tom Hanks out of his normal, perfect person mode yes. as several different characters. Yes, exactly. Cloud Atlas is a fantastic film. And you know what? So is Castaway. And so, I mean, okay, so big, like, okay, so I'll give you movies like Big, movies like um, You've Got Mail, movies like Sleepless in Seattle. Tom, uh, Forrest Gump. He was a pretty perfect character in Forrest I know a lot of things happened no, to like, him, uh, uh, but... Overall, but, he was a pretty flawless character in Forrest Gump. What do you mean flawless? Like, I mean, but that's because he didn't know any better. Like, he he was a very straightforward minded uh, gentleman <laughs> with you know mental health issues. It doesn't matter. I know that's kind of part of the joke too. That you yeah, know, just that he didn't. He was he thought very simply in those terms, and, and just good things kind of happened to him along yeah. the way. Of course, bad things too. But I mean, the character overall was pretty pretty perfect. Because everyone wanted to show how ludicrous the world was around him, like by contrast, like that was the whole point of the character. But uh, anyway, yeah, that here and the other. Don't get me started on Tom Hanks, man. I will defend him to the death. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, main character energy, all of that good stuff. What else did we want to talk about? We wanted to talk about uh, this idea that we were discussing the other day, right? Like mid to riches and how the the whole idea of rags to riches in and of itself is overrated, right? Yeah. So. It's about this notion that if you don't come from this bottom of the bottom barrel, if you don't come from the dirt, bruh, f- to the to the top to the to make it to the top, that you didn't really, uh, you didn't really suffer, kind of thing, you know. And it's kind of like you know, once again, romanticizing this whole idea that you have to go through pain and struggling, uh, to struggle. And we all know pain. that pain is relative, yeah. Exactly, you know. That's why you know. Let, let, let me let me bring up my boy, uh, you know, Aubrey Graham. Let me bring up Drizzy. You know, Drake is a perfect example where people mm. constantly were like, "Oh, you didn't you didn't come from the bottom," you know, kind of thing. You like, came you, from this middle class lifestyle, so now we're going to you know like penalize you. We're gonna penalize or, you and say that you don't deserve to be in this position you are because you you had like a head start, pretty much. Yeah. Which you know. Some people do. Don't get me wrong. You're the, well, I mean, uh, there's privilege that like exactly. should be acknowledged there. We're not saying that there's not. Right. But I think as we get into this world where just because you happen to come from a quote unquote normal family upbringing. How did this mean, conversation even come about? I forgot. Uh, well, I forgot. We were watching something. But I yeah, think, Drizzy. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, Drake is a good example. You know, I. Uh, we we brought up rappers because you know that's like a, a thing that tends to get scrutinized when it mm-hmm. comes to you know you have to live with your rapping kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's kind of like if you didn't if because I think rap was for so long stig- uh, stigmatized with this whole notion that if you didn't come from a project if you didn't come from the hood nobody's gonna believe your yeah, rap if you're not a Jay Z if you're not like you're not uh, a Nas, Fifty Cent if you're not a Nas if you're, yeah. if you're not a uh, um a, a Wu Tang Ti you know a Ti yeah exactly that you know 
we're, you're not believable. You know, nobody's gonna want to listen to that type you of. You don't music. have that cre- uh, that credibility to you. Exactly. You know? Nobody can nobody can relate to you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Which you know, with the introductions of like atmosphere with Drake, with Little Brother, with Kanye, with um evidence and you know so many other people who have kind of like broken the mold of like you know open mic evil and just a lot of people mm-hmm. who have broken broken the mold of like saying like yo Love you can you can come from a you can come from a, a difficult background yeah but you don't have you you don't got to come from the from the pits of the of the earth kind of thing to like say that you grinded. how did jake cole come up do you know yeah like, I mean, is he more j- middle uh, mid- middle class or i mean yeah so for the for the most part i mean his his mom was a was divorced, so he grew mm. up with his mom. His mom's white, by the way, for people who don't know. Um, North Carolina. He was really good at basketball growing up. Uh, he got into rapping eventually, producing. I think he got into rapping first before he started making beats, if I remember. Then he went to college. I can't remember if he finished college, but he, you know he had a pretty normal experience. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. growing up, like basketball, college. Yeah, and that's a that's a fascinating and frustrating thing is that like this is the shit that people don't talk about. Like yes, like when you and I launched into this conversation yesterday, what it's easy for you and I when we're talking about that to steer into music, to steer into rap and hip hop, you know. But we are talking about like the idea of going rags to riches and like uh, how that is that that idea in and of itself is almost romanticized in general, you know, not just with music, too. I did not personally come from like rags to riches. I mean, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. It was like, you know, 10 people to like a three bedroom house and things like that. Things were really tight. But, you know, by the time, to be honest with you, by the time that I was like in middle school through, you know, no credit of my own, obviously, because I didn't do shit. It's like my mom had like hustled and worked her way long enough and hard enough to make it to a point where like our lives, we could actually be kind of comfortable in like lower middle class to middle class you know and from there i didn't really necessarily have a want for much and it's funny because when you think about the people that go from rags to riches they have a an advantage this fire almost pre-instilled in them you know because once you're from the bottom bottom the only up yeah there's only up like that's the only direction you can fucking go that that that's an advantage in and of itself you know just like you know when people are in the highest of the highs you know when people come from wealthy families when people come from like let's say you're the daughter of quincy jones you know i.e rashida and you have all of these connections you know she like you have obviously there's a privilege there that a lot more people are willing to acknowledge than the advantage i wouldn't necessarily call it privilege but the advantage that people that come from the bottom have is which is again this pre-installed this pre-instilled fire in you that you only have one direction to go and we're not saying this to like be insensitive but we're saying that what gets lost just like what gets lost is the middle you know just like you have a uh, a baby of the family and you have the oldest of the family a lot of times what gets lost is the middle child in this case the people that sort of grew up you know kind of okay not really the worst not really the best but you're kind of stuck in this mode of like whenever you're trying to climb up and trying to really become something for yourself you're trying to find the fuel to your fire you're trying to constantly stoke your fire trying to constantly stoke your own motivation and at the same time trying to make your own way and still trying to like make your own advantages and make your own connections because you don't have all the connections that the highest have but you don't have all the lows to 
constantly push yourself the way that, you know, like the lowest of the lows has. Does that make any sense? Yeah, of course. And I think it's also, it kind of ties back into this whole feeling of guilt mm-hmm. almost to an mm-hmm. extent where it's like, and that's why I think a lot of rappers especially tend to embellish their life. And, you know, they'll, they'll talk about like, oh man, I, you know, I was scraping two pennies to make a, make a dime, you know, kind of thing. You know, I, I was in the gutter, bro. I was really out here trapping. I, I, I was, you know, I was really in these streets. You're selling stuff that I shouldn't have been selling, and all of that stuff, when they might have not even done that at all. Exactly. Like, and there was fig- a time where people just, like, made up shit just to sound cool there still is. Uh, on there their songs. Plenty, there are plenty of people who still make stuff up to this day mm-hmm. to sound, you know. Like Harder they, than they are. Like, they relate to the streets. Like yeah. that, that stuff is never going to end. There are always going to be people who are going to embellish their life because they feel that they're normal life or how they grew up in a you know middle class wasn't you know, good enough and like wasn't good enough yeah. that's that's why that's another reason why you know when like kanye came around like he sort of like pioneered or was one of the people that pioneered live solo like really accepting who you are when you can talk about pink polos and backpacks you know like you're not like straight talking about like i mean he wasn't then talking about his like all his gucci stuff but you realize you don't have to talk about guns you ain't got to talk about burks of cocaine mm-hmm. every single rap exactly exactly i mean and it's okay if you do if that's where you come from like the whole point that we're trying to make here is like just be honest you know like from wherever you come from and like don't feel guilty about it and i'm talking to myself in that sense too is again i love the fact that you brought up the whole guilt thing because that is something that you know, when you're from the middle and you're trying to like move your way on up, that is something that we experience is like we feel bad that we're not from the bottom, but we still have the stress of like knowing that we don't have all the advantages of being at the top. So, you know, it's this weird thing to like balance and to like find your own way to like push yourself to be just as to have just as fire, just as much fire as the people like that didn't start as well off with you while also trying to climb to get like as high as the people who already have a head start. Yeah, exactly. And I think you also have to think about like just sort of the the input that you can have. You know, Mm -hmm. people, I think, you know, once again, coming from like this middle state kind of see themselves as, you know, oh, there's nothing I can contribute kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, my life is so boring. It's so typical. But because we think our stories don't matter. Exactly. We think that they're like bland, that they're vanilla. Exactly. But you don't know. There there could be that one kid who hears about your interest in, you know, computer coding and anime animation and anime. And then out of nowhere, be like, oh, crap. Or you mentioned like a YouTube channel in your rap. And he like, oh, crap. He he watches that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. I watch that channel. You know, Mm -hmm. we got something, you know, we don't know each other, but there's something we can like relate to kind of thing. It's just like I said, and I think it almost forces you to be more creative in a sense Mm -hmm. to where, you know, yeah, your your life may have not been the most exciting, you know, whatever that means. But there's always going to be a way you can you can turn that mundane life, quote unquote, into something that speaks to somebody across the world in Sweden that you never met. Yeah, perspective is everything. Perspective is really everything. And I mean, it just it brings me back to this idea that um, just how complicated it is also to like keep the approval of like onlookers or whenever you do anything publicly, you know, whether or not you're doing anything creative, like let's just take that out of the uh, equation or just in general, if you're going back to school or whatever, it's like you 
whenever doing anything, it's like you either comes, you have to come from rags to riches. But once you get to the riches, you have to be humble as fuck and not admit that, you know, you've done all this stuff to become from rags to riches. And but you also have to, like, stay consistently good or else, you know, people are going to like there's no winning. It's just a very complicated thing when you think about it. You are the infamous you fell off kind of thing. Exactly. 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 You know, you know, those people that are in the middle, you know, there's a whole lot more of us out there than people are willing to like admit and to like show up. And I just want to say, you know, shout out, shout out, shout out. I love you. We love you. You know, your story matters. You know, and it's all it's all worth it, broski. You know, just keep hustling. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah, so I now we wanted to go ahead and make this podcast more Christmas themed, and I think that we did a little bit, but we're gonna go ahead and actually wrap it up with our usual segment, Good Looking Out. This is where we go ahead and we can recommend any of uh, TV shows or movies that we've been into lately, specifically this week, uh, Christmas movies that are not actually about Christmas edition. Uh, what has been on your docket? We got it all. So for me. This is one of my all-time favorite. I call it a Christmas movie, even though in a sense it's probably not. Um, That's the whole theme, Broski. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, an anime film. Uh-huh. So this is the uh, the, the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with the series that it came from, the series that the movie came from, or even the uh, the light novel, for when it came out like in two thousand six, and it ran from like two thousand six to like two thousand nine. It was, like, probably the biggest sensation you could think of. Like, think of uh, One Punch Man. Think of Attack on Titan. Think of Demon Slayer now. And that was, like, the hype for that show back in, like, the mid-2000s. There was only two seasons. And, you know, they're, they're pretty infamous for, like, the memes and, like, the dances and some even some of the episodes of, like, what happened. You know, you can look more into the, uh, into the history if you want. But getting back to the movie. So, the movie... Is centered around Christmas time, and if you know anything about Japan during Christmas, it's nothing like the rest of the world, or at least none, nothing like Europe or, or North America, South America. Uh, Christmas in Japan, by default, is more of a romantic holiday. It's it's meant to for sort you of to, like the Valentine's Day, yeah, second Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a. Do they a, celebrate Valentine's Day in Japan? Yeah, and it's really like the third Valentine's Day when you think about it, because you have you have. Um, you have Valentine's Day, then you have White Day, and White Day what the is hell where. Is White Day? So, uh, just uh, kind of straighten off a little, but I'm so, sorry. No, no, no. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm gonna explain it right quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you got Valentine's Day, right? And Valentine's Day usually consists of like the girl giving a guy some chocolates, mm-hmm. and then White Day is when the guy returns the favor and gives the girl a gift, mm-hmm. and that happens in March. That happens like in the next month. So that's like their own little thing that they created mm. about Valentine's Day. And then yeah, you have uh, the end of the year in December. You have Christmas, which it's not as romantic. It's just more of like just a date kind of thing. You know, ask out the girl that you've been wanting to ask out for like the whole year kind of thing. Uh-huh. Christmas is not as a big a deal. It's a big a deal just because, you know, it's Christmas and Japanese people love American and Westernized things. But they've just put their own little spin on it. So in the movie deals with Haruhi Suzumiya, which if you don't, I don't want to consider this a spoiler, but in the anime, she's pretty much God. Her friends uh, one of them being the main protagonist, Kion, is kind of like this like narrator almost that kind of like sees the bigger picture, of what's going on, and he's com- and he's accompanied by his other friends, which happen to be like a time traveler, uh, an esper, and an alien that are pretty much there to like make sure that Haruhi is always happy because she doesn't know she's God, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And 
it's their job to make her happy. And this is Christmas themes, you said? Yeah, I mean, it's centered around Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, like this, Die Hard. I get it. I get yeah, it. Get yeah, it. yeah. This is this this is the uh, this is the 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 story throughout, not just the film, mm-hmm. but the film mainly focuses on what would happen if she didn't exist at all. What would the world be like when this god pretty much is gone from the world? And it just kind of goes on this very. It gets really deep. It goes on this very like existential story. This film is almost like three hours long. It's long as hell. And it kind of goes on this, this this journey about, like, what it really means to have certain people in your life that you never knew that you really care for it as much. And it goes through, like, these different scenarios. And it goes to, like, science fiction realms and, you know, string universe, multi-universe theory. It, it gets, you know, pretty crazy. But it, but it all makes sense. You know, it doesn't ever, you don't ever feel lost at certain points. Uh, and you could definitely watch it if you haven't seen the, the series. Um, you'd probably be lost at some scenes. What's it on? Uh, you can't really watch this thing anywhere. You kind of have to. Oh, okay, all right. This is this movie came out in 2010, I think, or 2009. You, um, if you know, you know, you know where to go. You know, for all my, for all my pirates out there. Yeah, for all your internet deviants. Yeah, you, you, y'all know where to hit up to, you know, find movies like this. But yeah, like I said, it's a very interesting movie. It's I really probably, do hope the FBI is not listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody do. I mean, somebody put on some illegal streaming site if you don't want us to do that. Get the yeah, DVD. Yeah, I'm editing all of this shit. Get the, get, <laughs> I'm get, editing get, all of this shit. Get out. the get the Blu-ray or DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's yeah, right. get the blue get the Blu-ray or DVD. That's pretty much the only way to watch it without you know the other means. Yeah, legal schmeagle only in the in living Spanglish, folks. Right. So definitely check it out if you're into anime. It's centered around Christmas. That's why I'm, this is this is why this is my pick. It is probably my. One of my favorite anime movies of all time. How many Ricardo stars? Ten. Ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's like probably like I said, this thing. I'm gonna show it to you. We're gonna okay. watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll We're watch gonna it. watch it this week. But like it's like I said, I, I love it so much. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, there are a lot of things that I wanted to do. Actually, a little behind the curtains. There's a lot of things that I wanted to do for uh, this. Uh, uh, Christmas special of In Living Spanglish um, uh, because there's so many uh, Christmas movies that are not about Christmas that you know there is to talk about we have like Die Hard we have Gremlins we have Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stones we have um, I mean apparently someone according to my Facebook it's like Eight Crazy Nights which te- technically is about Hanukkah so that counts but uh, we're not reviewing any of those movies today. Uh, today, my pick of the week has been this movie called Carol. And no, we're not talking about Christmas Carol. We're talking about the movie that came out in 2015. It's on Netflix starring Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson. Uh, Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson are actually, have act- were actually in another project earlier this year from Miss America. You know, and that one was on Hulu. They were actually working together in uh, 2015 to come out with this movie, Carol, which basically is set in the 1950s. It's about it's a it's a drama love story uh, that is centered around Christmas time. Uh, that's why it's not technically about Christmas, you know, even though that, that's like the backdrop, that's the scenery. 
it's about like this older divorcee that you know has a uh, blossoming relationship should we say with uh this young store clerk of sorts and uh, she's fighting for the custody of her daughter and uh you know like it's uh some really really steamy stuff happens and you know drama ensues the interesting thing about this movie is that since it was created in 2015 it's like right now we are thankfully at a point in media representations of like gay people lesbians you know queer all of that is becoming very commonplace as wonderful as that is back in 2015 i feel like that the whole idea of all of that was still very much like it was just now starting to really blossom and so Carol is definitely one of those uh, movies that because it was a period piece, of course, you know how much like the Emmys and the and all the award shows love that Please because it was up. exactly because it was a 1950s period, a period piece with Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson having more or less like, you know, a lesbian relationship, but not more or less like there are some scenes in there. Let me tell you, Brusky. But uh, Please don't tell me. <laughs> but. Uh, because of all of that, of course, like it was nominated for so many awards at that time, and you can see why the acting is really what is the acting is really good, but also is more commendable than anything else. It's just like the way they set everything. You really did feel like you were in the 1950s. Like they, there was no no stone left unturned in terms of it. Like you just watch the movie and you feel cold. You know, you just watch it and you feel like chills go down your spine because like the way they have everything set up, you feel like you're immersed in that time and in that weather. Uh, so that they did really well on. The only reason that I'm going to give it a lower rating myself is just because of the fact that I'm not a big romance drama person to begin with. I mean, it was a it was one of those things where it's a great movie, but it's not necessarily for me. Uh, so I would give it in terms of how great it was. It was a great movie, but I give it a solid seven out of ten Veronica stars because they're my stars, not yours. So. So it was during Christmas. Yeah, it was the whole thing was set during Christmas slash New Year's. Ah. Yeah, yeah. This came out 2015, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why did you decide to watch it now? You just haven't caught, got around to watch it? Uh, well, because it was on my list of uh, Christmas movies that aren't really about Christmas, and it looked really interesting, and it was on Netflix. So it's very easy to catch if you guys want to check it out. Right. Let me just add one more thing. Yes. I found the disappearance of Halloween Suvamia on Amazon, and I just rented it. So you know. There I'm, you go, you guys. You know, it's on you know, Amazon for rent. Legal yes. schmegal. Yeah. So just you know, like me and Veronica are definitely gonna be watching this yes. this week. There you go. I got, it. I got go. it in the I got it in the queue. There you go. Okay, well, you guys, that about wraps it up for this week's podcast. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, seasons, greetings, whatever floats your ha- fancy. We love you. We love you. We love you. Uh, and thank you so much for sticking around with us this year. Bigger and better things happening next year. We're so excited to see you, and we will catch you next week on, or sorry, not next, next week. Year. Next year on In Living Spanglish. We out.